hello there. Uh, welcome to an episode of On the Porch with Angie. Um, this one is uh, is going to be the uh, In the Car with Angie version, as we all know and love. Um, I should probably just change the damn name of the podcast, but too late for that. Um, I'm on my way home from work again. It's Tuesday, uh, August 10th, 2021. And, um, yeah, had a good day today. feel like I was uh, fairly productive. Got some shit done that needed to get done. Um, I do have a, kind of a, an important visit coming up. I've got, um, I forget what he's called, like regional vice president or some shit coming to my store. He's coming to all the stores to visit. And I have to get my store ready for him. So I've been working on that all week. Um, for the last couple weeks and you know hopefully hopefully I don't say something stupid I have a tendency to get nervous and say dumb things and I try to be funny and I make weird excuses and I just um, I turn into a fucking buffoon which is odd because normally I'm so calm cool and collected (laughs) just kidding um but yeah so I hope I don't do that like, I almost have to, like, prep myself mentally. Um, but I do, I get I get a lot of anxiety when I have inspections and visits and stuff like that. Because I just never feel adequate enough. Which is uh, a very... It's not a good quality that I have. Um, I'm pretty insecure about a lot of things, believe it or not. Uh, in any event, so hopefully... I mean, not hopefully. We're going to nail it. I'm going to do great. It's going to be awesome. No, uh, bottom line is I don't want to embarrass my boss, you know, to be honest. Like, I want to make him look good. And he's a super cool guy, I feel like. And so I want to make sure, um, you know, uh, he looks good because I'm a direct reflection on him and his boss. So... So yeah, so that's coming down. That's next week. That's about a week away. So I am expected to, uh, I'm expecting to work a lot of hours, but I get so tired so fast. You know, I, I get, I, I come in strong and, and then right around, you know, right around eight hours into my shift, I start to kind of burn out. I try to drink Red Bull and all that stuff, but it never really brings me back up. So I have to, I have to have a plan maybe bring some snacks or something, some kind of energy snacks, um, but anyway, so, same old, same old, um, the, uh, masks are back, COVID is still an issue, we had it so close to being under control, and then there's this Delta variant, and then there's the fucking dipshits who won't get vaccinated, and some people, it's not that they won't, they just haven't yet, or they just, maybe they can't, you know, um, for whatever reason, but there are a lot of people in the South, and in the, um, you know, in other parts of the country that just won't do it, they just think it's, something's wrong, or it's not right, or it's government controlled, or whatever the fuck their reasoning is, but those are the people that are fucking it up for us, you know, so, um, so yeah, so at my work, we have to wear masks again, and in California, they're telling us to, you know, they're recommending that you wear masks indoors, um, so it sucks, because 
I was kind of getting used to not wearing a mask, you know, it's hot in there. Anyway, um, and then the other thing, the, the, one of the factors about it is I just got glasses. So I've had glasses for a long time since I'm in my 20s, but I just, um, I just got a new prescription and I got um, progressives so that I can read with the same pair of glasses that I can drive with and see distance and stuff. And, and I wanted them for work because there's some small, there's some fine print things that pop up that I need to be able to read and I can't, I have to put on readers to do it. And that's annoying, right? And then the other thing is that these look really good on me. They're very cute. I look very, very sexy. Not that I didn't before, but even sexier. And they're just very nice, clear, clean, brand new, you know, but I can't wear them at work because the mask fogs them up. And they're new glasses. I don't want to put fucking shaving cream on them. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that shit. I want them to just, I want to just be able to see dust on the ceiling at work. But I, I, I can't because I can't, I can't, I got to wear a mask. Fucking annoying. God damn it. But anyway, um, yeah, so, so I spent, I spent a good chunk of change on these bad boys. Glasses are expensive, man fuck shit like that shouldn't be so expensive you know but anyway um but I did get a I did have a coupon for 50% off my second pair so I got some um prescription sunglasses which are really nice for driving because I'll be honest with you I don't wear sunglasses when I drive and my eyes are turning a little bit like like sunburn kind of the the guy told me years ago um that he's like yeah your eye your eyeballs will start to yellow and I thought it was just because I had jaundice but no it was because I'm I'm always in the sun I don't wear sunglasses so I so I like driving I have sunglasses for driving but they're super tight on my head and they give me a headache so I I I bought some new ones that are nice anyway uh so that's exciting and then um yeah so I went and hung out with my friend Janine the other day you guys remember her and we tried to do a podcast, but um, I ended up only recording like five minutes of it because I, f- I just I just my thing didn't work for very long. And then when we rec- when I listened to it back, like it was so boring. <laughs> like we weren't telling stories because so I we had been telling stories about partying and drugs and this and this. And then I told my spunky story about drugs, and like I sound like a fucking drug addict. And I mean I was when I was younger, but I haven't been, I haven't done drugs in like 20, longer than 20 years, like 25, almost 30 years, you know? So I'm not a drug addict, people. I'm not a fucking junkie. I'm not a tweaker. So if I'm like, come, if I come into work and I'm talking fast or I'm acting weird, I'm not on drugs. Okay. Just, just a disclaimer right there. I mean, I might have, you know, be a little hungover from drinking the night before, but I don't drink before work. I don't do drugs before work. I would never smoke pot before work. I just, there's no way I could function like that. Um, so let's just fucking clear that shit up right now. Okay. Um, yes, I had a fun life when I was young, but, but I'm not like that anymore. Um, so fun fact that most of you probably know, but some may not. I uh, was a soccer coach for a long time. 
So I coached uh, boys AYSO soccer, and I am also uh, I am an an uh, an advanced coach. So I have had AYSO advanced coach training, and also I am a coach instructor, which means I have the um, credentials through AYSO American Youth Soccer Organization. Um, through AYSO, which is a nonprofit, um, I have the credentials to teach people how to coach. So that that's like kind of a cool part of my life. It's a it's a cool. Um, I was on the AYSO board um, for um, a few years. I think I want to say five years. I was on the board. No, I have ten year. I had I got a ten year service award, like a pin. Um, so I probably did it for about. 13 or 15 years, somewhere around there. I, I, I coached and I taught coaches and I was a head fundraiser, uh, one year where I raised, um, I did it two years in a row. And, uh, the, the first year I did, I raised over $10,000 for AYSO in one season. That's fucking amazing. If you ask me. Um, and then it's funny cause I, I stopped doing fundraising cause I couldn't do it. It was too much work cause I worked full time and then I, I had it and then I coached and then I, was a coach instructor and then I was a fundraiser so I was like fuck man I can't do all this so I, I I passed the torch on to somebody else and the following year they only raised like $400 and I was like what the fuck were you doing man um but it was a lot of fun so it was when my when my son was young uh, I got involved and the whole reason why I coached was because the the division coordinator called me finally finally my kid's mom and I were able to sign our children up for sports. So we signed my son up for soccer and my daughter did ballet. So my, my kid's like seven years old and sign him up for soccer. We're all gung ho. I'm really excited because he's going to get out of the house. He's going to lose some weight. He's going to have some fun. He's going to meet some friends. It was going to be great. Um, and the lady calls me and she's like, Hey, if you can't coach, I need a head coach. I'm like, oh, I can't fucking head coach. I work like 60 hours a week, man. I can't do that. She's like, well, if you don't, I'm going to have to refund your money and your kid won't get to play. So I'm like, what? You're shitting me. So I'm like, well, fuck. You know, I can't do it. So she's like, okay. So about an hour goes by and I'm at work and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm the general manager of this restaurant. That's when I work for McDonald's. And I can take time off if I need it. And I can make my own schedule. So I'm going to fucking do it. So I call her back. I said, all right, what do I got to do? So I did it. So I became a coach. First five games. These boys are eight years old. They're, they're seven and eight years old. We lose miserably the first five games, okay? I mean, just get get our ass kicked. And I'm having fun. And I'm, you know, yucking it up with the parents. And I'm, you know, encouraging the boys. And we're laughing. And we have a banner. And we have, we're the scorpions. And we're having a great time, I think. Right? So game five, we lose again. And this little little boy, one of my players, he's in the back, he's a defender. He falls to his knees and he starts crying. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, what's wrong? Is he hurt? And his mom's like, no, no, he's just really dramatic. And I'm like, oh, man, what is happening? I go, Paul, I'll never forget this kid. He had a little flat top, cute, cute as a bug. I go, Paul, what's going on, man? What's wrong? What are you, what are you crying for? He goes... Coach, why do we always lose? 
And I was like, what? And it clicked right then and there. I went, wait a minute. You you guys, you, you want to win. This is really upsetting y'all. You don't like losing, which, I mean, no one likes losing, duh. But it was like, I thought they just kind of didn't care. They were just having fun. And that was kind of what I was trying to, to teach them all. It's like, hey, it doesn't matter if you win or lose as long as you're having fun. Blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? That's some fucking bullshit right there because it does matter if you win or lose. You play the game to win. You try to score goals. You try to beat the other team. You don't want to lose the game. What's the point of playing if you're just going to lose every game? So me and Paul got on the same fucking playing field right then and there, and it clicked in my head. And I'll tell you what, the next fucking five games we played, we kicked everybody's ass. We dominated because I changed my attitude and I said, we're in it to win it. And we did. So that was the first season. It was a blast. I had a great time. I really got into it. I met some great people that I'm still friends with today. And I decided I would coach again. So I, I coached the spring, which is much less stressful. It's, it's only eight games. It's on Sundays, you know. And I had a little team. We were called the Handsome Devils. And uh, at the end of the season, when we went and had our pizza party, I realized that all the little boys on the team thought that I was a boy. Because they kept saying, oh, look at him. He's so funny. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, of course they thought I was a boy. They're little, they're little kids, you know. They're seven years old. So every season after that, I had to tell the, the team at the, at the team meeting before the season started, I had to tell them, like, hey, I'm a girl. I just wear baseball caps, and I don't wear makeup, and I have short hair. But I am a girl, so my name is Angie, you know, Coach Angie. So anyway, so we went on. I went on to coach my son uh, for about 10 years, um, 11 years, actually. And uh, we won quite a few quite a few tournaments and um, my first official coaching gig when my son was 10 I coached a U10 team I mean it wasn't my first official gig but it was the first uh, competitive season where there was playoffs and there was like a championship game like final like semi quarterfinals semifinals and finals Um, and we ended up winning the whole thing we took the whole fucking enchilada we got out of 30 teams my team the green hornet our team won first place and it was the most glorious experience of my whole entire fucking life um i I mean honestly i to this day that is one of the most fulfilling exciting and wonderful things that i've ever accomplished is taking this team to the championship um and i'll never forget as long as i live and I, my poor kid, you know, he was exhausted because back then at AYSO you played double headers sometimes. So we had a, we had the semifinal, and then uh, when we won the semifinal game, we we the same day, a couple hours later, we played the, the championship game. So he was exhausted. I mean, that poor bastard, he was so freaking tired. But I was pumped, man. So he's like falling asleep, and I kept running in there with the giant trophy and going, Luke, Lucas, we did it, we did it, man. We we fucking we won. We won the whole thing, you know. I did that about three or four times. <coughs> Excuse me. Finally got pissed. He's like, all right. Okay. Okay, Angie. I know. We won. I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> but it was cool, man. It was so cool. So, so yeah. So, you know, as a, as a coach of, of kids, you know, I have to be on my best behavior. And that, and that's hard. You know, I, I, I uh, it's hard not to cuss because I'm a cusser. 
Um, it's hard not to smoke because I'm a smoker. So I would have to like run, you know, in between games when, when, uh, when we did tournaments, I'd have to run to the car and like try to have a couple drags off my cigarette and make sure no kids saw me or whatever. Um, but it's, it's a cool feeling, you know, it's, I still, to this day, uh, I still run into kids who will, you know, who will recognize me and know, know me and say, coach, hey coach, you know, and I'll turn around and uh, nine times out of 10, I have no idea who they are because they grew up, you know, when a kid seven, when he's, you know, 21 does not look the same, you know, or, or 18 or 19 or whatever. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a really, a really good time in my life. Um, it was a lot of work. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a great coach. Um, I'm not uh, super technical, but as far as energy and attitude and um, fun, I'm the fucking best. Like, you know, I used to get in trouble on the sidelines for being too loud, but it, it it's how I communicated. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's plenty of reasons I shouldn't be shouting on the field and but it's all positive, you know. Every once in a while I get pissed and, you know, throw my clipboard down or whatever. But I try to be positive, you know. I try to just bring a lot of energy to the sidelines and, you know, keep the parents in check. Because the parents would sometimes yell at the ref or yell at other players, you know. And so I had to have to tell them to shut the fuck up. Um, I got in a couple, you know, scuffles with parents and referees and such. But I try to respect the refs. You know, coaches and refs never get along, just so you know. Um... But I did take the referee course. I actually took it twice um, just so I could learn more, so I could, you know, be able to see things from their point of view. Um, and that was helpful because it helped me understand the game. Because a lot of times I'd be yelling and I wouldn't even know what the fuck I was talking about because I wasn't a referee, you know. So, um, so, so yeah, so that was, it was very, very good time bonding with my kid. We became, you know, that was the one area that, no matter how much of an asshole he was at home or how much of a bitch I was being, when we got on that field, we were different. We were we were coach and player. Um, and we did clash occasionally. He would be a little smartass. He'd show off, you know. And a lot of kids didn't even know he was my son because he calls me Angie. And uh, so he so they, were, they would think he was just being an asshole to the coach. So he would get shit. They'd be like, dude, why are you being so fucking mean to the coach, man? He's like, well, that's my fucking mom. And they're like, oh, shit, you know. So a totally different dynamic. And then as he got a little older, he was a little more disrespectful. But then he got even older, and then he became kind of cool about it, you know, and he was nice. Um, but it was, it, was, uh, it was fun. And with Lucas, because of the ADHD that he had growing up, that was a really good way for him to kind of let the energy go. Um, and he became really good at soccer. I mean, I'm not shitting you. I know I'm, I'm biased, but he actually became a really, really good player. And unfortunately, his grades were, were trash um, because I really think he would have made the soccer team at, at his high school. And I think he would have gone on. He would have stayed in school because soccer is a good motivator for doing well in school. And, it, and you know, it's a different crowd of kids. And I think he would have uh, probably gotten a scholarship, to be honest, even if it was just you know, a small school, I, he was that good, and he still is, he still is good, but, um, so what ended up happening is he aged out, um, and couldn't, couldn't play anymore, because he was too old for AYSO, and a couple years went by, um, and 
they needed coaches. So I get a phone call from division coordinator, or actually I think it was an email or a text or something, and she's like, hey, I need I need a coach. Is there any way you can pick up a U14 team? It was actually a U12 team. And I said, no, there's no way. Like, I work a lot. And I was working at Red Robin at the time. It was not very flexible, by the way. Um, so I was working at Red Robin at the time, and I'm like, I can't do it. And then uh, I talked to Lucas, and I'm like, yeah, they want me to pick up a team, you know. And he's like, well, I'll help you or something, you know. Somehow he got in the mix. And so I I asked if I could make him my assistant coach. And they said, yeah, but he had to take the classes. So he sure as shit did. He took the intermediate coaches course, which you need for that, um, that level of coaching that we did. And I think we had was U14 team. Yeah, because they were 12 and 13. And, uh, yeah. And so he became my assistant. And he was good. The kids, re- at first he was a little shaky. He was cussing a lot. And he didn't show up all the time. And, you know, I feel like maybe he might have been stoned or whatever. And then he started to kind of get into it, you know. And we would do our practice plans together. We would do our... our uh, our game game plan together. He got to know the boys, he, and they fucking loved him because he got out there and played with them. And he would run and he would kick the ball at him and you know um, teach him stuff. And it was a beautiful thing. It was a really really cool thing to do, coach with my kid. And he told me many times during this experience, he's like, I have such a new respect for you. He goes, I didn't realize how hard it is. To coach a team, especially a team of boys who don't listen, who, you know, they act silly and goofy. Um, Some of them are are not good. So you have to really try to work with the best that that they have, you know. And he's like, I only saw it from my side, from my point of view, from a player's side. He's like, and to see it from a coach's side, it is, it's a totally different thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's fucking hard. You know, and he's like, it's really hard. He's like, but it's really fun. And I love it. He's like, I absolutely love it. And then he told me just recently, and this was a couple years ago. Um, he told me just recently that coaching kept him um, on the straight and narrow. That he might have been partying with his friends and maybe doing some bad things. But because he knew he had to be at practice twice a week. And he had to be there Saturday morning for the games. He said it kept me sober and kept him out of trouble. So that was pretty cool to hear too, um, and we were at our we were at the um, we we're at the the team party at the end of the season, and and we didn't have a great team. We won a few games, you know, but we didn't have a, we didn't make it to playoffs or anything like that. Um, we 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 had like a I, I want to say we won four, we tied three, and we lost. Uh, three. You know, I don't even know. We won four, we tied two, and we lost six. Whatever the fuck. I don't even know. We, we lost a lot. Um, but we won some. We won a few games. But anyway, at, this, at the party at the end of the season, this little boy, Ian, he was so cute. Number 10. Um, he started crying when he said goodbye to us. And it was like, Luke is like, oh my God, is he crying? And I'm like, well, yeah, so am I now. And he's like, why, why is he crying? And I'm like, because he's going to miss you, dude. He's going to miss us. We spent like 14 weeks with these kids, man. We practiced every, twice a week. We, we saw these kids, what, three, four, because we played 90 minutes. 
we saw them four or five hours a week. And they got to know us and we're funny and you're funny and you're a great player and you, you know, they want to be cool like you, you know. And so it was a really, it was, it was a really touching, touching thing. And uh, we, you know, because Lucas and I talk about soccer all the time. I mean, we could be getting in a screaming match. And as soon as I say, hey, remember that time that we played Beverly Hills and we made a comeback, you know, 3-0 and we tied them, you know, and then he'll go, yeah, remember how many goals I scored or whatever, you know, we can always kind of, that's our connection, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, so we would, we would talk about every, after every game, you know, we would, we would sit down and discuss it and go over it and stuff. And, you know, it's just a really cool thing. So, I mean, that's, that's, like I said, if you, if I could go back in time, uh, I would change a few things, you know, I might, I mean, there's definitely games that I think about like, God damn, why didn't I, why didn't I put this person here? Why didn't I tell them to pass? You know, I mean, there's, there's games that, ah, I wish I could replay, you know? Um, but the fact that we won, we won, we got first place twice and then we got a, a second place and a third place. Um, so out of four opportunities to place or yeah, out of four opportunities to place, I placed uh, uh, four of those times, I want to say. So to be in the top four is, is placement. I think I got first place twice, one third place, and one fourth place. Yeah. So I, we never got second place, I don't think. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, it was, really, it was a really cool thing to do, you know. And uh, it kept me, kept me kind of grounded. And I really don't like kids. I'm not going to lie. Kids get on my nerves, especially teenagers. I really don't like teenage kids. They bug me, um, and, and I'm sorry about that. Um, but that was a, a, like I said, a life-changing experience. Was, was coaching, coaching those kids and, and seeing their, seeing them grow and change and get better and faster and stronger. And you know, a couple of them um, I made into keepers. They weren't keepers until they, till they were on my team. And I said, well, why don't you just try it? And they ended up being really, really good and continued on to be to be goalkeepers. So. Um, a lot of kids had never scored before, and I tried to make sure that every kid on the team scored at least one goal. Um, if we were way, way ahead of the other team, I would always try to put, you know, the weaker players in the front, and everybody would help them score goals. And it was just, I did it in the spring, I did it in the fall. I always had a pair of Converse that matched my team colors. I always tried to get a, a shirt to match. Um, that was fun for me. And just get, you know, like I said, I... I'm friends with people today, to this day, that I met through soccer. Whether it was the board, or I coached their kid, or, you know, I, I was, you know, I instructed their husband, or whatever. Um, it's just a beautiful thing. So, AYSO, so if you sign your kid up for soccer, get involved. Um, either coach, or be the assistant coach, or sign up to be a referee, because that's really fulfilling as well. Or join the board and help fundraise or help, you know, be a division coordinator where you, where you, you, you put teams together. It's very fair. You're not allowed to coach the same kid two years in a row unless it's your own. You're not allowed to ha- be, um, they can't, you can't be on the same team with the same kid like year after year after year because they want it to be a variety pack. They want it to be fair. Um, it's just a good, it's a really good organization. And it's not expensive. It's not like football and baseball where you have to pay a million dollars and you have to work the snack bar. It's very inexpensive. I think this season it's like a hundred bucks. 
Um, and that mostly that's because of COVID and stuff, but you know, um, for 150 bucks, you get a uniform and you get free pictures and you get your kid get some exercise, you know, the once a, once a season, you probably have to be a snack parent where you have to buy fucking orange slices and like, you know, Gatorades for the kids that can be expensive. Don't get me wrong. But if you coach, you don't, you never have to do that. And if you coach an all-star team, you don't have to pay anything. You, you incorporate your kids fees and your fees in with the other team. So the, so the rest of the kids pay an extra five bucks and that covers your kid. So that's always been, you know, motivational for me is financially. It was, it was, I mean, I had to buy all the equipment and stuff, but you know, we got to do tournaments and stuff and tournaments are awesome. When you spend the night, you take the kids to a hotel and they all go swimming all day and, you know, and, and we've won a couple away tournaments, which is really cool too. Um, but anyway, so that's my, that's my, uh, soccer podcast, uh, story. And, um, so obviously I am a pretty decent person if I coach children and I was not doing drugs when I was coaching children. That was in my past. So let's kind of, I'll try to move, move forward on that. So I don't, um, don't leave a bad, uh, bad example for anyone out there. Um, but anyway, that, that's all I have for now. Um, and I'll probably publish this, uh, tomorrow or the next day or whatever, but you know, um, thanks for listening and stay safe. And I've got tons and tons of soccer stories. Um, so I may, uh, I may occasionally throw a, throw a small story out there for you, but, um, yeah, that's it. So I'm out. Bye.